Dave. Greetings. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, we're sitting at Hopscotch in mm-hmm. South Melbourne, which is South a kind Melbourne of or South Bank. Oh, South Bank. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it kind of bleeds into South, South Melbourne. Of Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting place. I've been here a couple of times. Yeah, it's a cool. I mean, it's a cool space, but I mean, I don't know. Everyone know what a cool space is anymore. <laughs> Feels like a cool space. Yeah, it's got a nice front, uh, kind of beer gardeny type. What do you call that? Terrace. Yeah, which is beautiful um, on a nice day onto the Yarra. And it's they have like 40 taps, something ridiculous. Yeah, it's a lot. A I lot was just saying that it's a bit confusing because they've got the... What's this untapped system called on the TV screens? What's uh, that? One of those. Whatever it is. Yeah, I think they use the official untapped one. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they've got that, but it pages across two... Like hmm. it pages to a second page. I think it's like, like three or four pages. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. right. And um, that's sort of like sent me into a bit of confusion when I got here and I just went, just give me something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you get in the end? I got the Stonerwood Jasper. Cool. Which is tasting delicious. Mm. Haven't had it for a while. Sort of reminds me like the best of Hightail. Yeah, yeah. 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 They've, I think they've tweaked Jasper a little bit yeah. recently. It's, it's a bit the, like the best that I can remember having it. So mm. I'm happy. What'd you uh, get? I got a Little Creatures single batch. X, I think it's an XPA. Right. It just, I don't know. It could be a pale ale, I guess. Enjoyable though? I'm pretty anti extra pale ales these days. But yeah. It's Do delicious. we have time to talk no. about that? Okay. No. Yeah. Uh, it's delicious though, really enjoyable. Um, we don't really have too much in the way of news or anything. Because uh, we do have quite a lengthy chat yeah. recorded. It was a good one. Yeah, we went out yesterday to um, Dandenong South to talk to Callum and Nat Reeves of Kaiju. The Probably pure- well overdue chat with those boys, I would have thought. I think we spoke to Nat once for a brief chat. Like one of oh, our like a gabs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. righto. Did we? Yeah, yeah. It might have been. It could be a week showcase. Yeah, okay. Um, no, it was really cool to spend. I think the chat's sort of an hour long of of chatting to those guys, because yeah, really interesting. Th- I guess they, they've I been doing like changes as a brand. Yeah, they they have, and like the, I feel like they they started when like the big explosion of craft beer in Melbourne started. So like we were super pumped for them at the time. But then, I speaking for myself, sort of didn't really pay too much attention to them until you hang around with, with them a little bit and talk to them. And I mean, Kaiju Crush is a big beer. We talk at length about that in the show. And that sort of like reintroduced them to a lot of people, maybe for the first time for a lot of people. Yeah, good chat. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. And I came away with some yeah, really in- interesting insights into how a brand like that works. Um, and how a brand like that transitions from being, I don't know, uh, doing kind of big IPAs to having a, a pale ale in Dan Murphy's mm-hmm. uh, and what that means for the business. So, yeah, thanks a lot for those guys for, for having us out. It was great, yeah. Taking a look. Uh, I don't think we'll be back for an outro. Let's just, we're going to wrap it up here. Otherwise, you'll get bored. Yeah. This is going to yeah. be an hour 15 now, so. Should we tease our next episode, which we're actually about to go about record? About to record? Yeah. So we're heading to chat to a Guinness ambassador. I don't know how it's going to go down. Yeah, I have. It could be like one Guinness. of the best, or it could be a really short show. Yeah, I've I've got questions that I really like to would like to have an honest answer on. And uh, do we know how equipped the, the brand ambassador is going to be? Don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the that's the thing. Like uh, anyway, they've they've launched the lager. Have you tried your bottle? Yeah, yet? I had mine last night. What did you think? Yeah, it was fine. Like I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I, I did <laughs> thought it was pretty. It reminded me of 
uh, I mean, I mean, this is like there's some redundancy in this statement, but it reminded me of one of those like British lagers. Yeah, those British mass lagers. It's yeah, a little bit stickier and toughier than yeah. a lot of local ones, or um, uh, more local ones with a hero New Zealand or whatever. But something about it. I didn't mind, but I mean, I'm not going to rush out and buy it again. Yeah, so in two weeks' time, you'll hear us drinking that and going <laughs> with the ambassador. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh well, I should say I'm doing a an auction with the Bourbon County guys, AB and Bev. Um, I think I met with them not too long after I kind of bad mouthed the brand online, as in the Yak Ales marketing campaign. Uh, so I don't know if they read that or not. Anyway, sat down with them. They're doing a, an auction for Bourbon County Stout. They've got the last case in Australia. Uh, and they're going to auction it off one by one at Beer Mash uh, on the 22nd of March. I don't know if there's tickets available for that. But some of our Patreon crew might get a sneaky ticket. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing you might be in line for if you uh, join the Patreon yeah. uh, troop. So jump on to patreon.com forward slash ale of a time. See if there's a package that takes your fancy. You'll get some value out of it either way. I guarantee you. It's hard to guarantee that, but I'm prepared to say anyway. Just on that auction, it'll be live on Facebook. Uh, Tiff and I will be hosting it. Former guest Tiff. Don't know what time, 22nd of March, but there'll be like... I don't know, giveaways and stuff, but all the proceeds are going to go to Pink Boot Society. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad to be on board something that supports a good a good cause. Too right. Anyway, should we go and yeah, have a Yeah, enjoy this chat um, with Callum and Nat. I'm sure you will. We had a good time there. And mm. we will see you with a Guinness brand ambassador. <laughs> I hope he uses that term. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Kaiju, Dave. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well. I feel like there's four hangovers in the room. Is that right? Well, let, let's introduce our guests before yeah, we introduce enough. their hangovers. Callum <laughs> 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 uh, and Nat from Kaiju. How's it going, guys? Great. Good. Yeah, thank you. He's thanks great. for having I'm us. Good. Ke- <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at this. Uh, can I get you guys to say your name into the microphone so people know who they're listening to? This is Callum. Hi, Callum. This is Nat. All right. Sorted. Everyone's crystal clear now. I've just listened back to episodes before we haven't done that, and I'm like, oh, I reckon people don't know who they actually say. It feels like it's been a long time coming for us to come and visit Kaiju. Uh, you guys have been out here in Dandenong for two years? Yeah, just over two years. Um, we Operational have the, for... Yeah. Is that right? It's um, almost two and a half. Two, yeah, two, nearly yeah. two and a half years. Cool. Yeah. So end of 2015 was when we started packaging here. We had the we had the space for about a year before that, and it was just me sitting in an office, like <laughs> for an entire year, just like looking out at it, all this space. And slowly, it came together. It took about a year, but um, yeah, it was very exciting when it happened. Except when the box slide thing turned up. Oh yeah, from the box taper. Yeah. that was the most exciting thing. <laughs> what is this? The box, like the slide when when the box gets taped. Yeah, and then the um oh, yeah, conveyor, yeah, the, the conveyor, yeah. and it rolls down it. Yeah. Because it was the only thing that actually functioned. Yeah. Nice. That's a big <laughs> day. So we'd put, and you try and make like a course so that it's like, no, this has got to come off. <laughs> the box never came off. <laughs> it just follows the path. Yeah, right. Science, guys. Yeah. You guys learned a lot about box slides. Yeah. <laughs> and you've just added some more tank space. Yeah. So what? what's the capacity of the brew house and how much tank space do you have now? 
Um, the brew house is 2,500 litres, um, and I guess the tank space is going to be, once all these tanks are plumbed up, about 140,000 litres, 130,000 litres, I think. Nat's doing maths. Yeah, right now. Nat's just not yeah. The uh, who cares? Doing doing <laughs> 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 a lot more yeah. than what you started with, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when we started, it was um, twenty-five thousand liters of beer, um, beer fermentation space in five five thousand liter tanks, mm. um, plus the uh, the cider tank, which is thirteen thousand thirteen thousand liters. Um, yeah, it's just you know, it's obviously it's pretty exciting to to add more to add more tank space but you know it's also very stressful but it's fine can you tell us a little bit about the cider because cider was your first i guess entry into the market um how i guess why cider at the start and then how did the beer kind of add on to that i guess so really the reason that we that we started this business at all um i was working in the wine industry but actually when um I went back to the market research world for for a year in the middle there, and um, I saw that cider was a growing market, um, growing category, and I thought, you know, I've I've got a little bit of wine skills, and um, and Nat's got beer skills because Nat was home brewing, and uh, a mate of ours has an orchard with a press juice. Ju- pressing juice is a big part of what they do. So for uh, for the wedding of one of the guys in um, in my band, um, in the same band with the with the guy with the orchard, uh, we decided to make some cider for the wedding, and um, and it it went over really well. Everyone loved it. Um, like it's really nice when you're standing in line and someone's behind you saying, "What's what's this cider? It's awesome! Like I love <laughs> it." And I'm like, he's like, "Yes, that doesn't happen so much anymore." No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so we, I guess it's like just one thing kind of leads to another and you're like, oh, well, if I was going to have a business making cider, then I guess I would, you know, uh, I guess I'd make it like this. And you, you just like you take a step after step and like suddenly we, we actually had this business kind of thing happening. Um, and um, I, I invited Nat to be part of it because of his um, because his mad skills in um, fermenting beer so i thought that would translate a bit into the cider as well um but the plan was always to have a brewery uh and it was really hard to find anywhere to make to make our beers it, it you know nat can probably tell us more about um about that can't yeah we? well contract brewing for you know we wanted to start with our double ipa and getting someone to trusting someone to make that beer i was just there's, there's no way i'm getting someone else to do that also Spoke to some people and they were like, yeah, I don't want to do that. The wastage on that's going to be enormous. Um, so they came up with some pretty ridiculous figures and I called Bintani um, to find out what the cost of, of raw goods were basically. And while I was talking to Phil Meddings, he was saying that, oh, there's a, there's a brewery that's um, kind of giving away, not giving away, but um, if you buy a fermenter, you can put it into their space. Um, so that was that was Cavalier, and he gave me the number, and just gave them a call, and then basically it was the perfect fit for us because we we'd have to do all the work, we'd have to make the beer. They didn't care what beer we did, but we'd be doing everything. So it's like this is this is exactly what we want because we can make the exact beer that we wanted that we wanted to make. And yeah, so launching with it wasn't called Aftermath then, but the the double IPA, it was 
people were telling us, oh, you know, that's that's kind of stupid. It was <laughs> ballsy. I remember it at the time. There was some plucky young upstarts at the Vic Microbrewery Showcase. It was the Golden Axe stand. And then those in the know were asking for the little under-the-table sample of the double IPA and people were talking about it. I guess we just... That was the beer that I made the most of at home. Um, it was the one that I liked the most of the beers that I made. Um, and and also it was it was kind of... No offence to anyone out there, but I just didn't feel like anyone was doing a proper double IPA over here um, back then. And I really wanted to have that that American West Coast double IPA beer, but I wanted it fresh. So that's why I was making it at home. And then was, well, I thought that was the best beer that I made and Callum thought it was the best beer that I made. And so we just went, everybody else is doing a pale ale and everything. Let's let's do something different. Sure. Just for the context, what year was this? When was this? That, that was 2000. 13? 2013? Yep. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, there weren't very many big West Coast-style no. IPAs around. It was like Millennium Falcon was probably one of the one of the only ones I can think of, like a double IPA. I mean, there was – I mean, Jamison the Beast was – but that wasn't really a double IPA. But that was kind of, you know, the kind of beer that I really liked. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> just go with that and make it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> How did you go about selling – you know, if you're selling cider – uh, and then you're selling a double IPA, they're kind of probably quite far apart. What was your approach to getting people to buy your your cider and your beer? Well, when we when we had the cider, I was I was uh, at the start I was working as a sales rep at um, at a wine company, Nelson Wine Company, um, and we put the we put the cider in that portfolio um, for a while. And it sort of that was good because it was um, you know like it was an accounting system to put the to put the sales through. We didn't have to chase that kind of stuff up. Uh, but then then we we started talking to Adam at Northtown, and he was interested in the cider, and he didn't have a he didn't have an Aussie cider in his portfolio. So we so we we went into that portfolio and um, and. Yeah, like that was really good. And I guess a couple of months after we went into the Northdown portfolio was when we started making the beer. And Adam was pretty much like, uh, so when are we getting the beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could see that, like, I mean, we sold out of the out of that first batch of double IPA in like two days or something. And um, so, you know, I guess we didn't really need to help on that one. But it's a lot of work to sell and to chase accounts and all that sort of stuff. So it was really good to get North Down on board. And, yeah, they, they looked after us for, for, I guess, three years or something like that. Yeah. Until we until we sort of brought all the distribution, a lot of our distribution in-house. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a it's a different kind of thing. But it always, like, it's, it, I find it's a really good a really good balance like obviously we're we're probably better known for our beers now than our cider but then we go to um we go to beer festivals and we sell more cider slushies than than beer probably. so <laughs> um it's been it's you know we like to have we like to just have fun and do wild stuff and um that yes it, it, i guess it makes it it makes it easier and it does it just rounds out the portfolio a bit can you tell us the story about the name change so when we started as um, as Monster Mash, uh, we we went to um, we went to trademark that that name, and obviously it came back that uh, that Monster Energy didn't didn't like that idea. Um, this was only like two months into having uh, the name Monster Mash, and 
you know, we'd done all the designs and we were a very, very small company. Like, so going through label changes and all that sort of stuff was like, oh man, it seems like such a drag. Maybe we'll just, maybe we'll just um, fight this in court. And then we, and then um, we got, we got some advice to just like, you think it's going to cost you some money to change your, your labels over? Like these guys don't give up. So it was, it wasn't really ever a question. So we changed, um, we had to change the name and the monster that was on the Monster Mash, um, that original Monster Mash label, was um, we had been calling it a kaiju because it is that kind of, you know, that big city-destroying Japanese-style monster. So we went through a few different names and we, we were kind of like, oh, maybe we could call it Golden Axe Beer. And Nat said, everyone's going to call it the Golden Ale. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they do that anyway with Golden yeah. Axe. They'll go, yeah, I'll grab that Golden Ale. <laughs> so, cider. Yep. <laughs> Mate, that's cider. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. You get the cider. Oh, I yeah. didn't want cider. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, after going through a few different names, um, we, we were sort of like, oh, God, yeah. Maybe we could call it kaiju, and I was just like, you know what? It needs an exclamation mark. So that was my input. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a sense of urgency. That's how do you how do you feel about Monster Mash and Kaiju now as names? Like, what are you? We're 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 happier with Kaiju. Um, Monster Mash. The best thing about changing the name from Monster Mash to Kaiju was no one came up and sang the Monster Mash to song. <laughs> oh my gosh, it used to happen all the time. But they, and they stand there for ages, like singing almost the whole song. And like, I guess if you've yeah. learned the words to that song. A, yeah, enough yeah. to like be able to <laughs> recount it after a few beers. When do you get to use that talent? That's true. Like, yeah, I want to show. I want to show. Yeah, well. like we couldn't really tell them to go away. <laughs> can you buy? Can you buy your beer first? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now go away. <laughs> yeah, I think we we yeah, I think Kaiju was a better name, um, and a lot of people, obviously, like after Pacific Rim and stuff like that, a lot of people know the word Kaiju. I think before then, not many people knew that, yeah, Godzilla, Mothra, Gamera, all those guys, they were all kaijus. Um, so it's, I think people can relate to it better than uh, than Monster Mash. It also, it's, it's good for us in terms of branding that we can, we, we, we're sort of like, we're kind of constrained, but we also, we know exactly like the realm that all of our brands need to be in. Like they need to be... They need to be that kind of something like a kaiju, um, and so it really like it makes it not easier, but I, I guess it's like um, everything becomes more recognisable because it's like oh that's one of those like big monster things, so it must be it must be a kaiju, yeah. And now and now we you know we've we've added on so we've got the frujus now, which is um, crushes a fruju rather than a kaiju. Okay. Yeah. I hadn't heard that word or that name before. Is this a new thing? <laughs> no, it's actually written on the it's can. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it's all part of the, the bullshit story that's written on every can, <laughs> every bottle. No, that's a, it's a documentary. It's not, mm. a, it's not a story. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're supposed to sell your story, not, yeah. not <laughs> the, the bullshit. <laughs> but we, we love it. We love the bullshit. That yeah, yes. Oh, the that's can. the most fun that we have in, like, you know, in the it's whole thing. It's such a good can. Oh, it looks so good. Thank you. Yeah, let's talk about Kaiju. Uh, sorry, Kaiju Crush. Because this beer selling a lot. So that came out last year? Wait, uh, 2016. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah, end of 2016, yeah, December, December. Like um, a week before Meredith. Yeah, right. Importantly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that intention or was just you were getting something out for summer? And we definitely wanted to get it in before Meredith. Yeah. yeah. It was um, a very stressful few weeks there. 
not knowing whether the cans were going to be printed and oh yeah stuff like that, that was really <laughs> um um you know to Vizzy's credit like they got them they got the cans out to us like very quickly um they they really they really helped us out with that um yeah and uh, you know it's i guess the the first day that we that we packaged it i took it out to um, I had like 50 cases in my car and I got to McCoppins in Abbotsford to drop theirs to drop off a case and this beer had not been anywhere um, and uh, and the guy at the at the shop said oh that just a second and he ran out the front and said to some guy who was walking away that beer you wanted to hear <laughs> like, what <laughs> so um, you know it was just it was so cool because people were already excited to to taste this beer um and to and to buy it and so um yeah ever since then it's been super popular obviously it's like the biggest um the biggest uh seller that we have now so it's kind of like it has kind of there's been a, a bit of a pattern of the lower the alcohol in our beers the the more that the more that they sell you know not quite a linear curve with with crush so, so I'm just wondering you know if we actually get to like water it's <laughs> <laughs> a summertime much? hit I think yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> love how to stay hydrated <laughs> Kaiju, Kaiju clear yeah, Kaiju clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably an April Fool's one on that but <laughs> I think did, yeah you did that one. I did actually oh two years ago yeah. I called it um, Mizu, which means it was just a picture of a of a glass with water in it. Mizu means water in Japanese. I thought it was pretty funny. The crush is in like Dan Murphy, so it's national. Yep. Uh, how does like how did that come about? Do they approach you and say we want your cans of pale or? No, um, we had. I guess like we met um, we met Caitlin, who was it? Um, who was the buyer at Dan Murphy's? couple of years ago at, I think the good food and wine yeah, show good food and, and um we've always just stayed in touch since we'd always stayed in touch since then she had been you know she she just kind of made it pretty clear that she was that she was interested um particularly when we came out with crush but we didn't have um capacity like end of 2016 we didn't have the capacity either in tank space or time on the on the contract canning line that we that we got in um, the east coast guys when we got the cody canning line a few weeks before that i said to i said to caitlin look you know it's potential that we'll be able to um to supply you guys now and she said cool let's let's do that so and it's i mean that is like it was very exciting you know to get into to get into dan murphy's but it's also like it's it's just as exciting how much it sells through through independent retailers. Yeah, it's and I think it's grown because of and on top of being in Dan Murphy's that it's more accessible. People see it more, so they want to buy it in other places as mm. well. Hmm. Uh, tell me about the artwork. And I guess it's sort of everything across the range has got nice artwork. Who does all your the artwork? It's uh, Mikey Burton is his name. He's he lives in New York. He's just moved to LA, actually. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> I'm not up, not up with the times. <laughs> yeah, so Kel's, um, Kel's wife, uh, she's a game developer, um, and she always had artists that she want to work with, but never got a chance to work with him. And then when we, you know, we decided we were going to do this brand, she straight away just knew the dude that we had to use, and so he he sent us a few ideas and. Um, so this was for Golden Axe. Um, so he sent us a few ideas and he wanted like 
pictures of cider over here, but we said, no, we don't want you to be influenced at all by by the, the market. We want you to just come up with something, which is whatever it is. And then he, he sent a whole bunch of things and then he had a bonus one just at the end that was a joke um, that was basically just him, like his face, but cartoon form. And we all just went, that's that's the one <laughs> that's right the there. One. That's the dude. So is that his face still on the can or the, the label now? Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. That's totally him. That's funny. Pretty much a self-portrait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, so he, what was um, his reaction when you went with that? Oh, no, I think he was pretty pleased, actually. It's mm. probably more in, in line with the rest of his artwork than the, than some of the things that he'd, um, that he'd put together. Um, yeah, so... He's been, yeah, and since then, um, so since doing Golden Axe, um, there was no question that we wanted to work with him on the beers. Um, and, I mean, you know, as you can you can probably tell, we love the designs that he does. I, I, I just think it's like Christmas every time we get an email with the with the new designs on it. It's just like oh, like opening a present. Oh, look at this one. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, is he, and he just like he comes up with some with some wacky fun stuff. Usually, usually we will give him a brief in terms of this is the style of beer um occasionally we'll give him a little bit more guidance as to maybe this is like flavor profile or something like that sometimes i give him the um the blurb on the back of the can or the bottle first um but other times the um the blurb is influenced by the artwork that he does and actually in one situation so when Mm. when we moved um when we changed the name from monster mash to kaiju uh mikey mikey just sent through a page of maybe 16 just different sketches that he'd done and some of them were so good that they've actually like we've gone on to make beers um basically because of those yeah. of those designs yeah um, it was robohop and cthulhu on the moon yeah. they were both we just looked at them and just like that's got we've got to do something with that yeah, I mean, Cthulhu on the moon, the, the the only reason it's called that is because I just looked at it and goes, that looks like Cthulhu, but he's standing on the moon. And then it was, <laughs> Cal just went, that's a really good name. So that was it. <laughs> I don't know whether I was right, but, <laughs> but Cthulhu is a good name. Yeah, and it was a bit stupid as well because we we released that straight after we released West Rides the Behemoth. So it was like, here's a double black IPA, and then we're releasing a black IPA straight afterwards. <laughs> um, totally different recipes as well. Like, they're not they're not related at all um so that was pretty pretty funny but we just had to because i just we just love that label so much and i mean same with the robohop one we really love that label and so that was when callum said we need a beer under six percent so um Go i was i was making a, <laughs> i was making a beer that was 5.9 percent but then when we actually um when it when we brewed it um like on the commercial scale it just we, we a little bit under gravity so i was like well no it's, it's 5.7 yeah but, <laughs> Still, it was under six percent. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, brief. I like. Yeah, I love the idea of the artworks inspired the beers rather than the other way around. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like I guess it's a process of it's it's not. I guess it's a very loose process. It's kind of like, um, you know, we're making something really fun and and it's art and it really is a conversation between between us and the, and Mikey. Um, and it, it's just, I mean, it is, it is super fun to be able to work with him and like, he's, he's a bit of a like design superstar as well, which is cool. Mm. He does a lot of, um, political, uh, political 
like almost comic, um, what would you call it anyway, like for New York Times and that sort of thing. And um, his stuff is always really smart and you can see it in our designs. Um, Sometimes we ask him, uh, there's this Easter egg idea that we've got for for the label, but often like he'll just put them in in there himself. And um, the great thing about, um, the great thing about cans for us is that we've got this, this whole, we've got so much more room to tell the story of of the creature so so crush obviously we it didn't have a didn't have a story before the can but um but something like aftermath or cthulhu um he uh he's got all this extra space so they, so there are more elements that he can put on there and it gets it, it kind of tells a little bit a little bit more of uh, of the story of the creature and that sort of thing which is really fun and most people just wouldn't notice or care but it's we do. more just about us yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, i'm gonna ask are there any easter eggs that people have never spotted that you think is a really fun little thing which on crush i think everyone oh well okay there is a, there's a little thing on crush where, it's, where oh, it looks yeah, like looks it's a bit a, hard. um it looks like uh, it's got like that biohazard thing on oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> on the mango it's a yellow submarine, yellow submarine yeah. and um yeah, uh, look, probably the best one is um, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yep. Um, the um, so on the double red ale, Beetlejuice being the the biggest red star in the sky. Nat might correct me on that. Is that right? Well, it's the biggest that you can see. Biggest that you can well, see. It's the brightest, brightest of the, in the red supergiants. Um, so one of Beetlejuice's eyes is red. And the other one is blue, and in, and in between his eyes is the tattoo of um, of Orion, um, the Orion cluster constellation. Col- constellation. You you have the words around this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the blue eye represents um, Rigel. Rigel. Yeah. Which is so blue, star. the blue eyes Rigel, and the the red is Beetlejuice, and that's why he was called Beetlejuice because he was born with the ah the uh, the birthmark of. Orion on his face, right? But also he's holding because it, it it is just hopped out red, but basically double, and so you know he's holding the hopped out red guy, which shows you then how big he is because he's holding him in his hand <laughs> about shoved into a volcano. Um, I want to go and look at all the yeah, um, um, yeah. There's also um, on Cthulhu on the moon. My favorite one on that is it's got Kaiju Fatagan written there, um, and so Fatagan is. Uh, in in the Call of Cthulhu, he says uh, the the the, in, the encryption or in, in the books or whatever they're they're looking at. Um, I can't remember the whole thing, but basically, to you, if you break it all down into the, the simplest way to say it, it's uh, Cthulhu in Rilia Fatagan, and basically that would translate to uh, Cthulhu sleeps or Cthulhu waits or Cthulhu is dead in Rilia, which is his kingdom where he where he lives. Or dies, or sleeps, or something. So it's like a, it's kind of saying that 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 kaiju waits, or something like that. It just had to be put in there, yeah, just as yeah. a as a Lovecraft kind of um, reference on top of the other crap. So with all kind of uh, space references and uh, monster styles and Cthulhu and you know science fiction, you guys are reasonably nerdy. Is that a fear in terms of you got enjoy, enjoy nerd pursuits? <laughs> There's nothing nerdy about this. <laughs> in, in the most affectionate way. <laughs> From one nerd to another. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, so I guess the brand does reflect you guys and what you love 
um, telling a story or, or, you know, all those things. Was that kind of always the plan is to do it or was just how you guys ended up doing it? Yeah, I don't think we really, we didn't really have a plan about how, how nerdy or something it would be. Um, it was just a matter of these are the ideas that come into our heads and yeah, they're probably pretty nerdy mm. according to lots of people, <laughs> including we like ourselves. To, we yeah. like to think we're really clever. Yeah. And so we, um, you know, we, we congratulate ourselves a lot when we do clever things like, like these things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good to myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How much crush is taking up the tanks out there now? It's probably um, half of the tanks. Yeah. Um, and there's also obviously, um, so that there's exit beers, in the tanks and we have a couple of other contracts that we do as well so yeah I it's, it's more than half isn't it? more than half the tanks oh like of actual capacity yeah it's more than 50 percent of, of the production yeah yeah how much has crush changed the business from huge whatever 15 months ago whatever it was yeah we had um at that time we had one employee when we launched Crush, we were obviously like there were people working in the brewery, but we they were like all contract kind of things. Um, and well, on the floor brewing and running the packaging lines, there was Grum from Exit and and me, and then we had yeah um, like bottling hands coming in, but there was no proper full time employees um, on the floor. Hmm. And now I think we have 15 staff, um, 15, 15, somewhere between 15 and 20 staff. But that also includes us now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and I mean, the business has grown a lot. Obviously, we've added a lot of tank capacity uh, out there, added the canning line since, since launching Crush. Um, it's made a huge difference and it makes things a lot more fun as well we have we have this amazing team of people that we that we get to work with um and just like i mean i'm I'm so proud every day you know of the people that that we get to that we get to work with um by virtue of having this having this brewery you know and a lot of that is thanks to thanks to um crush across the 15 or 20 people what sort of roles do they perform um well, yeah, starting on the floor, so um, Matt Inchley started with us about uh, just over six months ago, um, and he, he basically came on to to fill in for me while I went on my honeymoon, because um, I just asked him as a favour to do that, uh, but then when I came back, I'm like, do you want to keep working here? Because <laughs> I've been kind of wanting you to work for me for a very, very long time, so um, yeah, Matt's been in the industry for a very, very long time. I and mean, he was the first, he was the first brewer at uh, Red Hill. So that's how long ago he started. Um, so he's, we've uh, appointed him head brewer now. So I'm not doing that job anymore, which is good for me. Um, and it's good, better for the brewery. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he has the experience to be able to deal with, with, with a lot of things. So yeah, there's, there's Inch's head brewer. Um, there's uh, Fred, so Dan, um, we used to work with him at Cavalier, um, and he's he's full-time brewer, so he's brewing every every day. Um, and we have, uh, well, Grum works for us a bit, um, and then we've got 
Blair, so he's like the seller man. Um, so he's setting up packaging lines, um, clean the packaging line, uh, monitoring fermentation, making sure tanks are clean. Uh, just yeah, and doing. Uh, he's about to start doing cell counts and stuff like that, so that we can um, get some really good results on repitching, um, and also you know buying in new yeast that we that we actually want to use rather than the stuff that we kind of get stuck with. Um, <laughs> yeah. So then and then then there's me, um, and then we have yeah a couple of couple more bottling hands who are in here. Uh, well, they haven't been for the last couple of weeks because we've been doing the the move, but. Um, they're mostly in three, four days a week, um, you know, eight hour shifts, uh, and then Callum. You know, in the, in the office, we've got people in, um, sales, sales and marketing, um, finance, like, um, yeah, so accounts, accounts people, um, sales reps and sales manager, um, and it's <laughs> really interesting jobs like, um like the i think i have a disconnect where you know knowing guys like yourselves when you're starting out and seeing your brand grow uh but not actually coming out to the brewery or whatever you kind of forget that there's now as you said 15 people you know that, that are all working together and in my mind and it's probably i don't know dave you'd agree with that like you see you think of breweries as just the people that started them um, you know, Two Birds, for example, you know, it's Jane and Danielle, but like they've got a huge team and Jane, I don't think, is brewed for, for a long time. Um, well, she probably has, I don't know. But, uh, you know, and like, say Stomping Ground, the guys there, you know, they've got a fucking army of people working for them. And yeah, it's, I don't know, it's kind of, I don't know if this is a question or not, but it's just kind of something I've, I've you know, thinking about, like, the public might not realise all the people that make this happen. Take that as a comment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's so true. Um, and yeah, like I said, it does make it it does make it a lot more fun having all these people that we work with. Um, and but I I definitely see this business as like all those people really do like add their own um, add their own element to it. Um, just the other day we had a we had our um, photographer out here taking pictures of everyone in the team you know um it like individual pictures of everyone and some team pictures and that sort of stuff um yeah and our parents as well um you know they they're an integral part of of everything now you know like really good um in in helping us with you know when when we have issues and that sort of thing just like guidance and money And um, yeah, so you know, is it is it weird for you guys? Like when you're starting out, did you kind of envision having a team and uh, you know, sort of stepping back from the business? And is it now weird that that's happened? I assumed that I'd be brewing all the time, but I'm so glad that I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I guess I didn't kind of think one day my job will be just forwarding the email to the right person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So. But I, you know, you don't really think about much when you're, when you're starting a brewery. You're just like, oh yeah, I make I make all right beers and that sort of thing. We might um, we might do it, but I yeah, I never really thought about that. And it's only when the pressures come on where you're just like, and people will say to you, um, maybe you should maybe you should look at hiring someone. I'm just like, I don't even pay myself. <laughs> um, and it, and it's like, well, if you're not paying yourself, continue not paying yourself and get someone else and pay them. Like so. Um, 
Yeah, and it's just as the, as the pressure builds up in certain areas, you we we hire people to um, to help us in those areas, and and it's been it's been working really well, um, and yeah, just been able to really get great people. And I guess like that, you know, there are people that I know that I'm like I'd really love to work with them, you know. So when I feel like it's a good time, or when they're becoming available or something like, that, I'll just sort of, you know, just go, oh, you know, would you be interested or something like that, and. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's the way that we've that we've kind of built the team. A lot of it. What would you guys have done differently if you could tell yourself when you're starting to do this or do X? How would this brewery look? Would have got a bigger space, I think, to start with. Yeah, we've been lucky that 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 space next door has come up. Um, so you've, ex- I guess, for the listeners, you've expanded into the the place behind you. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which has uh, doubled your size by the look of it. Yeah, it? yeah, and almost. at the same area for both. Yeah, very factory, similar yeah. size factories. Yeah, yeah, and um, so yes, moved all the packaging um, equipment into the new space and um, and just freed up room for like we can fill that entire room with fermenters now, which is which is amazing. Um, so you know we could. There's there's probably room in there for us to ferment five times as much beer as we have now, probably even more than that. Um, but I guess other things that I that we may have done differently, I think certain things that we overcapitalized on, like you know we spent too much money in certain areas um, when we were starting up. We got um, we got things that were a bit too shiny. Um, <laughs> we could we could have. Uh, yeah, you you can't really know these things. You you go for expert advice when you when you've never done it before. But um, I would I would definitely have started up getting all that gear from China, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, rather than from Italy. Uh, except except the like things with moving parts. Like it's it's probably worthwhile investing in, um, you know, in a in a pretty good bottling wine and or or canning wine, um, as the case is these days, and yeah. I guess those are those are the main things. I think we started at about the right size, yeah. um, and we've sort of grown, and it's and it becomes easier to to grow by just adding adding tanks. Those Italian brew houses look nice, though, don't they? Yeah, really nice. How have the cans changed um, the sales? Um, did you have any issues with the larger format bottles um, selling? With because you've sort of across the board, you've had pretty. Uh, big alcohol content beers um, it seems like an easier sell in a can yeah well I mean Aftermath um, and Cthulhu went from bottles to cans um, Cthulhu was in a everything was originally in 500 mil when we were out at Cavalier just because it was the only way to really package as much beer into bottles as we wanted if we were doing <laughs> 330s it would take twice as long um, so then when we came here we wanted to change everything to 330 mil and four packs um, and Sell, be able to sell cases, basically. Um, and uh, but aftermath stayed in a five hundred mil bottle. Um, but I still always wanted that beer in a can. And you know we could have gone a five hundred mil can or something like that. But I just like three seventy five as a size. Um, I I just love to keep every can at three seventy five. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean the 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 sales on aftermath just ridiculous yeah uh, we sell a lot more aftermath than we used to it was good to have the 500 mil bottles to start with because we had such low capacity um anyway so um the and the bottles let's face it they were not cheap back in the day 
Um, that's because it it was like it was a very very small capacity business. So we were and we were uh, we weren't making much beer. We couldn't make much beer. Um, so the so the the beers had to cost a bit more. As we've grown and had that extra capacity, then it just makes sense to make the beers more affordable. Pass on the economies of scale to um, to our customers. And um, so yeah, it has definitely grown sales but it's sort of like that's that was the expectation is that when we went into smaller format bottles that was going to it was going to do a similar thing and then um bottles to bottles to cans is probably it had that has also increased for something like cthulhu going from the 330 mil bottle to the 375 mil can it's also also kind of grown the sales of that Hmm. it's interesting the Mm. artwork really works the transition from bottles to cans for your totally. brand really mm. well. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, everyone always said that to us from the start. They were like, "Your your artwork looks so so good on cans." I'm like, yeah, it would, but we don't have a canning line. We have a bottling <laughs> line. So, and, yeah. and also, no no one would have been really doing cans at that point. Like, no, 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 no one really. I mean, Mornington had a canning line. Um, the Australian, yeah, I can't remember which which ones the Australian breweries. Australian, yeah, yeah. yeah, they had the the slimline cans. Yeah, wraps. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, Pirate Life came out what like a year after us. Yeah, like six months. And then, like yeah, and then they obviously came in with their cans, and that was when it just went. Yeah, mm. everyone that, went can crazy. That, that is the other thing I would have done differently. Just it's, started with cans. Yeah. at this brewery. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a weird thing. Like, I don't think anyone would advise that before Pirate Life did it. No. Yeah, and I guess uh, the Mountain Goat one. Summer Ale. Oh, yeah, yeah that, went, that was, that was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. But that was, yeah, what was that 2012 or something? So it's still, yeah, not that Is long that right? ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's amazing how quickly it's changed. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we're actually, we're talking about this on the tr- train here. And, yeah, just these days if I'm buying beer for the fridge, I'm just looking for cans. I, I don't think I've bought a six-pack of bottles. I'll buy individual bottles, but... And I, I don't really know why that is. Yeah, I think, no. you know, they just, maybe it's lighter when I'm walking home. or mm. You can fit more in your fridge. Yeah, I can fit more in my fridge. It's Yeah, the, I just think they're easier to deal with. Mm. Yep, you can crush a can afterwards. doesn't take up so much of the recycling bin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it equals more beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has there been any, um, any sort of reaction to sales or just perception given that all the prominent uh, brands that Dan Murphy's held that sold recently. If you go into Dan's now, it's pretty much Kaiju Crush that's independent now, or a couple of other smaller ones. Um, has that had any impact at all? No, I don't. Uh, I don't think so. Because where I, I mean, just personally, where I, if I ever went to Dan's and where I would have got some throwback or Pirate Life Pale or whatever, I'm just getting Kaiju Crush. Now. Oh well, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. To Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, something, not something that I'd thought of, but I guess it does kind of because they were four points feral. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your Pirate Life. They were the the selections that you'd go for if you were stuck at Dan's. Um, and there's not much option now. Yeah. Well, you that were when I saw you on Friday. You were saying to me that you know when you went. You were looking through the 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 um, batch codes and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Dates and you were saying that Crush is the freshest. Well, to be perfectly to be perfectly honest, when Crush first came out and I first tried it, I enjoyed it and it wasn't my favourite. And then come Christmas, and I mean because we've got so much selection now, once you've decided that, you don't know when you're going to try it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then come Christmas time, I went to Dan's and I was I, all I wanted to do was find the freshest 
beer, so I was just turning over cans like a madman, looking like a lunatic. Um, and yeah, Crush was like the freshest by maybe nine months. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it was delicious, and I loved it. And I, it's it's my one of my go tos now. So yeah. yeah, I've I've had a few people um say it to me as well though that it's the when they when they're looking at the cans, Crush is always the the freshest can that they can find in Dan's. But I mean, we are well, we were. Um, you know, the last two weeks we've been, we haven't been um, packaging, but it was some weeks it was, um, this beer is going straight from here. It's basically going straight to Dan. Yes. <laughs> like as soon as we've packed it, it has to go out because we've run out. Yeah. Um, and that was happening quite a lot. Yeah. Especially like leading up to Christmas. That was, that was mental. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, you know, it still goes out. Like obviously the, the independents get, um, get looked after, uh, as well but yeah like the the dance orders they, they come through and, and you know they're big orders and um you know we 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 try desperately to to fill every order that comes in and it, it is very cool that like um we've kind of been at that point where we're like we're kind of keeping up with um with how much with uh, how much we're selling to the, to, um, the demand but um yeah having the having the brewery down for a couple of weeks is um that's that's about to hit like (laughs) okay so buy your crush now if you're a fan and yeah yeah, if you see it (laughs) a couple of years ago nat uh we were in an event i can't think of what it was but it was um maybe four of your beers on tap and the wolf of the willows xpa and you and me were just drinking xpa the whole time and you were saying i wish i could brew a beer like this (laughs) (laughs) does crush sort of scratch that itch a little bit yeah definitely yeah. i what? mean it was um yeah i uh, you know at home i really only made big beers um while i was home brewing never really brewed beers under six percent um just because i i like i like big flavors um and so yeah for, for me it was kind of a it was a something that i had to learn how to do uh you know in the well, I guess it was a year and a half ago, but in that time. And so the the actual time that I spent on that beer, on that recipe, developing it was more than I've spent on any any other beer. Um, and the thing was, it was like, how do I make a kaiju beer that's under 5.5% or whatever? I mean, it was the same with RoboHop. I was like, how do I make a kaiju beer that's under 6%? Just, I, don't, I have no idea. Um, but then, yeah, making it under 5% was... I, how are we going to, how am I going to do this? So, um, yeah, but it, it definitely, uh, I drink more of that now than of any of our other beers, <laughs> but that's because <laughs> it's always fresh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, having a, having a beer that you, that you can just have a couple of cans or, you know, you can drink a six pack or more, um, is it, yeah, it, it definitely scratches that itch where I'm like, yeah, I need, I want a beer that I can actually just drink and not think too much about it but it's still i think it's still you know it still tastes like a kaiju beer like it's still got a big enough uh presence in the glass or in the can so is it just the in terms of the wolf of the willows one was it just the the low alcohol but still loads of flavor that, yeah, yeah yeah exactly um yeah i mean scotty's a great brewer and and that xpa i just yeah really 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 dug it and um you know when it's when it's super fresh like like all beer when it's super fresh it's just yeah i when i see that i like to drink it definitely (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's like a stage of the industry at the moment like especially for like insufferable people like me and luke 
it's, that doesn't matter if we're beer shopping, like what the beer is or who made it. We, the freshest one is what we're going to get. So. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yep. Which is just like, it is the best way to buy, yeah. to buy beer. Absolutely. I think we've, we've all really like definitely over the last year or so, it's like much more beers actually have the dates on them and that sort of thing. So um, it makes it a bit easier. So you guys have packed on dates on the bottom? Yes. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Was that, uh, did you kind of go through a process of trying to work out if you're going to do best before or packed on or it was just always going to yeah, be packed on? We did, we did kind of think about that, um, but... Nat was much more for the um, for the if for people who who really care about that, um, they are going to know the way that they the, the way that they want to drink beer and really it's like closer to the packed to the packed on date, yeah. um, and it's also like best before is kind of an arbitrary number. Yeah, yeah. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's um, confusing, especially when other like some people it's not a universal format. If if it's whatever, how many twelve Three, months or six, whatever, twelve, yeah. But nine. like, I mean, if you've got a twelve month best before date, it is best before that, best way before. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not a good indication. Uh, yeah, as an industry that everyone praises or pushes drink fresh, and I don't know what fresh is because the industry tells me twelve months is sometimes. Yeah. Is is there a risk in putting a packed on date as well though? For that reason, where people are going to look at it and go, ah, oh, this one's not as fresh as that, or. or you know what Absolutely. people know exactly how long it's been in the market <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um you know i know i know that if something's if something's a bit old you know uh, you, you know that i've that I, i'm not enjoying it if i go like that <laughs> <laughs> stick, the, stick the can up in the air so that wasn't a very good podcast oh we do a lot of visual games yeah. about that, yeah. <laughs> i've been wearing a funny hat this whole time <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's like, and, oh, oh, that's three months old. Yeah. Oh, it's junk, you know. Like, um, but do you yeah, have that sort of awareness when you're filling orders for dance? Like, do you get the sense, like, that's too much beer going to dance? Is it going to sit on the shelves? I mean, the fact that, like, all of our customers buy, um, buy stock pretty much every week kind of tells me that it's moving, yeah, that it right. is moving through the stores. Um, so we don't, so it's definitely not a concern. I've, I've, I don't remember the last time I got, um, you know, I saw a, a crush can that was like a month over a month yeah. old or something like that. Yeah, on shelf. I guess the proof's in the pudding. I saw Carwin Sellers post a crazy like tower of Kaiju Crush when one of the deliveries came in. I was like, that's that's too much. But I guess they flew <laughs> through it though. So, yeah, they really. Yeah, it was like that, constructing that a month. new room out of slabs of Crush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which would yeah, sound constructing like an my awesome house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a pretty awesome room. <laughs> Yeah. One question uh, kind of came up recently with Bright Brewery, and they had their monster um, page, their coloring, oh, the coloring up. one, yeah, and they got I can't remember the name of the group, the advertising a back, yeah, which is kind of a weird grey area of a group anyway, but yeah, you know they that so they people that don't know they got in, I guess in trouble, uh, I don't know, a strike something happened to them over there using monsters to have coloring as a coloring thing at the brewery um, for marketing to kids. Your crush label uh, is is very. I don't know, I'm assuming most people have seen it, but it's very bright coloured. You know, it's got a, a fun character on it. Are you guys ever thought that there is a risk of someone saying, actually, this looks like a kids' product? Definitely have thought about it, and I just yeah, I I, I think the whole layback thing is pretty is pretty silly to be honest. Like. Um, it's a beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, even it's, if it appeals to every kid, what opportunity do they get to buy it? Yeah, mm. and I've and I've looked at, like I've compared 
Crush, like if you compare Crush, how Crush looks compared to soft drink, right? Um, doesn't look like any soft drinks on the market, but a lot of beers look like Coke. Like they look more like Coca-Cola or that, um, uh, oh, the new, the new lift. Like it, you know, it's those sorts of things. Like soft drinks are being made yeah, to look like, to look right. more like beers. Yeah, and yeah. I, I remember back in the day I was drinking um, six point resin on the train because it looks like a can of V. <laughs> so I had no issue with that. It was the same format can, same green color. Um, yeah, no worries. That was a good train ride. <laughs> <laughs> so ABAC can't really do much, can they? They're like a you got to be advisory. a signatory for them to. Um, yeah, but you know the um, the big retailers are signatories. So yeah, so yeah. Anyway, it's not something we like to draw attention. Yeah, to, yeah. I, I'll only mention on the podcast. I don't think they listen yeah. to the podcast. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've sort of sat down to, to write that I you know, think some breweries uh, would be getting close to that line. Yeah. I know, um, a couple have kind of crossed that line and had advice to, to pull back. Yeah. But, yeah, you don't want to draw we, attention we to it, as you said. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> heard from uh, from them. So, yeah. 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 No, hopefully I mean, you don't. A, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really think that... Um, we make we make beers that we hope that people have fun with. Yeah. Um, we want our brand to be something that people enjoy and they share with their friends. Um, they drink responsibly. They talk about it and like they have fun together. They don't go and smash a heap of pints and go out and and hurt each other, which I would say is probably the bigger risk. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in yeah. the in the alcohol industry. So yeah, yeah. What's the next few years look like for you guys? You, have you thought mm. that far ahead yet? <laughs> it's really hard to think to think too far ahead. Um, you know, we have we have dreams of someday having some kind of hospitality venue. At least I do. Uh, <laughs> I just have equipment that I want. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that I'll never get to use. More shiny stuff. get to use it, but just yeah, more shiny stuff. Yeah. I love shiny stuff. <laughs> you know, bigger brew house, that kind of thing. Yeah. That would Definitely. be fun. More tanks. Um, continuing to um, to export as well. So, like, growing the export side so of things. So, you're in China? Yeah. China, UK, um, Singapore, Taiwan. Cool. Hong Kong. Yeah. Southeast Asia is an interesting one for, like... It's taken off as a market, it seems. Um, yeah, and they're actually, I mean, in Southeast Asia, there are a lot of people who are building their own breweries there now. So where they were, um, where they were, they were drinking more imported stuff like our stuff. Um, they're actually drinking a lot more local there, um, is what we're hearing. So that's actually kind of slowed down. Yeah, <laughs> the sales. Of, it's of, like it's cool. What, you know, what a cool thing for the industry. But yeah, yeah. Um, but hopefully, hopefully that continues to grow as like. Um, and a, a fun, a fun and important part of our our business because you know I enjoy. It's just it's just nice to to feel like your stuff is really out there. Yeah, that that is something that I'm looking forward to. And you want to get those social media hits in other countries and get that little. So you get so few hit. of them out of China, right? Because the, <laughs> yeah, because right, of okay. the, the great border, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Great, um, the firewall. Um, what was it Weibo? You'd have to sign up. Was it the one they Weibo, use? WeChat Weibo? as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, but so when when our products landed in the UK, we started getting heaps of, heaps <laughs> of tags from us. It's like yes, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really good that's becoming a good market for us. The UK. Anything you guys want to add before we wrap up? Drink kaiju. 
Um, that's good advice. Yeah. 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 Sound advice. Solid. How do people uh, keep in touch with you guys via socials and whatnot? At Kaiju Beer. Um, yeah, so at Kaiju Beer for Instagram and uh, I think it's kaijubeer.au for uh, for Facebook. Cool. And Everyone should be savvy enough to figure it out. Yeah. Google. If Google not, this. we're disappointed in you. <laughs> I can't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important just like we're on these platforms. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Google is so powerful these days that you've typed one letter and it's like, yeah, you're probably looking yeah, at the kaiju. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what Definitely. I'm thinking. Yeah. All the time. I want to be scared of it, but it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. just mash my keyboard and it knows what I'm looking for. Yeah. I don't even care that it's going to turn into Skynet. I yeah. don't care. <laughs> Because yeah. it's just so convenient. <laughs> <laughs> you're killing me, but you're doing it's it in like such a convenient a, way. Yeah, it's like a real fear of mine. And that's a whole other podcast. So yeah. Yeah. There, I think. Yeah. For the Hypothetical yeah, Institute. Maybe, yeah. Dave, where can people find you? Uh, Dave at com. Uh, send me some emails, please. Send us a rating. Have we got any ratings lately? Yeah, we've had a couple. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, Trav gave us a five star. Thank Attaboy, you, Trav. Trav. Cheers. Appreciate the five stars. Be yeah. like Trav. Give us a fivey. Yeah, we'll talk about it. That's what we're calling we'll them now, fiveys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we run to ground here. Luke, yeah. how do we get in touch with uh, you? At Isle of Time, Isle of Time com, uh, and hypotheticalinstitute.com mm-hmm. for my conspiracy stuff. Uh, <laughs> and uh, sign up to Patreon. Oh, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. Check out our Patreon. Our next perk's going to be dope. Yeah. Done. Get involved. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. <laughs>